1: Hi there, and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is Fantasy Football Scouts' weekly podcast brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back at the Game Week we have just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Ryan from Football Chatbox. Let's Scout the Game Week. Double Game Week 27 is done and it wasn't looking great for Game Week 26 wildcarders until the second round of games where almost everything went well discuss it all and look forward to Blank Game Week 28, I'm joined by Adam from Above Average FPL. How are you doing, mate? And how did your game week go?
0: I'm good, Ryan, mate. I'm good. Uh, yeah, it ended up going pretty well in the end. Um, it was a bit bit interesting halfway through, um, not going to lie. I wasn't overly comfortable with the fact I had double Brentford defence. Uh, and that was even before McNeil ruined the clean sheet after like 50 seconds, to be honest. I was saying it a couple of weeks beforehand. But, I mean, there is a reason why we picked double players for double game weeks, mm. um, Southampton being the prime fixture ever and have shown a bit. So you just had to kind of trust that it was going to come well, uh, come good in the end. And yeah, it did. Got 105 points, 35% rank gain and sitting just outside the top 200K. So I can't
1: really complain, to be honest. Yourself? Uh, one hundred and four points. Yeah. Yes. It was, look, it was look at, at uh, just before the doubles like the second part of the games i was on like a red arrow i was like what is happening here uh i was on mitoma captain just like yourself um felt like he could have got so much more points in that first game itself then second games happen everything goes like everyone i have like returns the clean sheets stay intact um there were points where i think s lost went got a yellow card lost three bonus i think um, he didn't
0: get he didn't get booked no Stopenan didn't get but there was a bit of confusion uh, there on yeah, twitter okay. i think but, yeah okay but yeah he did drop out the bonus and uh yeah and then i think march went off there was a point where actually there were five players from brighton on, all on 26 yep. in the bps yep and then Steele just jumped up at the end and and knocked a few guys down but yeah, it was a bit of a mad end to the game week, with obviously Tony scoring in the last mm. second, as getting an assist in the last second as well, which swung a few people because he got booked in the ninetieth yes. minute as well. So there was a couple, there was a little couple of swings there. Yep. So it was a was a fun, a fun kind of end to the week. And you know, a lot of us got very similar points. Mm. It's it's not difficult to understand that when you've got six players in a double game week, where the teams that we wanted to get the players from didn't play each other, which is yes. not normal as well so you know there was always going to be people flocking to a set number of players and mm-hmm. if you had two out of three of mitoma march and and McAllister, then you were going to do well and a stupid man was a little bonus and you know the brentford guys are the brentford guys so
1: yep exactly so thankfully it all worked out well and i'm happy that solid march also got a goal in that game uh, because uh, we don't we can't talk about slowly yeah, much, exactly. can we? <laughs> But it is what it is. Uh, anyways, now it seems like a week where managers are playing either free hit, wild card, or just using one transfer to bring in ten or eleven players. Um, so let's start with Brighton. So it ended up with uh all the Brighton midfielders that we own delivering, and the defense also returned results in the second game. They blank in game week twenty eight, but double in game week twenty nine. Some managers have considered removing some of their players for this week to get 10 or 11 players. What are you doing with the players you own? In the short term, to be honest, I don't really
0: have any concerns with the players that I have. I think if you've got two out of three of that midfield, I think you're fine. I, I've got Matoma March and Stupenan. They're all good players, right? They're doing good things and they're all ridiculous value. I mean, the way that De has got that team playing is... Is, is quite mad. It, in fact, it's, it's like how Potter had them playing, but then they're like leveled up now and they're scoring goals. So I've considered moving on one of them, but at the moment, I don't think it's worth it. And I think we can cross that bridge closer to sort of game week 30, 31. when we Well, we're going to know whether they double in 31 mm. by that point. And I think getting, just getting through 29 now, I think we can just leave them in 28 on the bench and then 29, get their points from there and then worry about it in 30. Um The run between 30 and 32 without that double is pretty bad. It's Man City, Chelsea and Spurs. So it's not great. The first one I'd probably move is a Stupinan because I'd expect them to concede. Mm. But they are the most attacking team in the league from an XG perspective or non-penalty XG perspective per 90 since deserbi took over. So, you know, they just create chances for fun. This is actually, though, heavyweight, heavily weighted towards the weaker teams in the league as well. So you know you kind of just have to understand that when looking again at those three teams the chelsea man city spurs in that particular piece before they they will inevitably obviously double in 34 and 37 we'd we'd assume because they'll almost certainly blank in 32 um so they're still worth holding i think the midfielders because they're say ridiculous value Stupenham might be the first one that i move on
1: fair enough yeah so i've got the exact same players as you um and so there's been talk about Stupanen because of his long travel before the international, like just after the international break. But then you've got Mitoma, Huming-san, all who had to do very similar travel as well. So I don't think that should be a problem. Um, but I have been kind of considering solid march to Madison as well as a potential move, just to get like 10 players out this week. And that was slightly triggered by Tony getting his yellow which was, like, I'm now in a situation where do I really want to move Haaland out because Tony could get a yellow in 28 and then miss 29 completely. And in that point, I'm like, am I bringing Haaland back in in 29? Um, So I'm still contemplating that. Um, And I do like the look of, like, Leicester as well in terms of their midfield and, like, their fixtures. But we'll get to Leicester. But, yeah, I do agree. Um, Their attacking stats are really good. So something to probably, for me at least, personally, I'm thinking, maybe... Again, we, when we talk about the double in 31, it's not the easiest double as well. Newcastle and potentially Chelsea. So, which is where I'm thinking maybe I could take that risk of like moving one out for the moment and then maybe bring the correct Brighton player for the third spot later. Uh, yeah. But I do agree with you as well. They're a good place to hold at the moment. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Chelsea. They seem to have found some form with Potter moving to a wing-back system. They have three home games in a row upcoming. Uh, Chilwell, James, Havertz and Felix uh, seem to be some of the key players talked about. What are your thoughts about the players mentioned? And do you think they will be good players to bring in?
0: I hate Chelsea. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, no. Firstly, from a football perspective, I'll just say I hate Chelsea. But from an FPL perspective, that this season in particular, really, really frustrating because we know how good Chilwell and James are, both as assets, I'm kind of, people are sort of moving towards Chua because he's starting to show some of that fitness resilience that you need for him to be playing, you know, 90 minutes every week. And, you know, they're going to come up against, they're going to come up with Champions League as well. So they're going to need to be able to play three games in a week um, coming up. The big thing (laughs) that sticks in my mind is they've just conceded two and a half XG to Leicester. The problem is, is Leicester do that against a lot of teams, actually. So it's not necessarily the worst thing. It might just be more a Leicester thing, which we can come along to later, that Leicester do do well. But still defensively, it doesn't fill me... Well, that particular stat didn't fill me with confidence. And then I looked a little bit deeper and I was like, well, how many goals do Chelsea actually concede? And they haven't actually conceded more than one goal at home since their first home game of the season against Spurs in August, which is mad. And... Well, no, it makes sense for a team like Chelsea, but the way they've been playing this season, it doesn't feel like that's mm. correct. And you know, it's only really Man City and West, uh, Man City and Arsenal that have actually created a lot of chances against them. So even their XGC at home has been pretty good. And the fullbacks, you know, we know what we get from them from an attacking perspective. James is a really funny one. Obviously, he's you know he was obviously injured last week or ill or or, or whatever it was. I just can't trust his minutes around. Three, um, having with three games coming up in a week. I don't know when Potter's going to rest him, when he's going to rotate him. Loftus Cheek looked all right at the weekend as well, and it certainly gives him a bit of balance as well. Having, I mean, the best thing about Cuc- best thing about Chilwell is the mm. fact that Cucurella's there in a similar position, you know, providing that support, that base, and somebody that knows how to play sort of left back that can just allow Chilwell the freedom. James, I think more minutes than than anything else. Yeah. I mean, the masses will probably move to Chilwell. Yep. And I think, you know, we've got free hits to consider, wild cards coming in. People have got Kepper. I mean, we looked at this on our podcast at the weekend and about 45% of the top 10K at least own Kepper, mm. And you'd think they'd play Kepper this week. So we're almost certainly looking at 100% or more EO-owned Chelsea defence, yep. which even if you own one, you you you'll you'll almost want them to concede and not owning any of them at all could be, could in theory be a big, big problem, but you know, if that's a risk that some people will take. I, I'm not sure whether I'll take that risk. And I'm specifically looking at like Ben me as a, as a make way for that, just because I don't like Brent double Brentford defense, yeah. but um that's kind of my feelings. I mean, in terms of Felix, we know that his, you know, I mean, the goal that he scored was, uh, was fantastic, but that was sort of four or five weeks ago. And he's just not getting into the right positions, I don't think, now that Havertz is coming more more to the, more to the front and centre of that, of that Chelsea defence. Uh, Chelsea attack, sorry. And I think Havertz is a legit option. Obviously, he's on penalties as well since Jorginho left, which is obviously a big plus. He's he's a good technical player and he can pop up in big moments as well. We've seen that. Obviously, he scored the goal that won in the Champions League a couple of seasons back or whenever that was. And so, you know, short term, I mean, their fixtures are are okay, right? I mean, obviously, Everton coming up this week, then a double, two home games, Villa and Liverpool. And then even out the back of that, Wolves. And then, you know, Brighton's not ideal. And then we need to wait on 32 because they've got United away. I don't mind it. I don't mind it on a short-term basis. And I think Havertz for me would probably feel more like a a move if Tony got booked Mm. personally. And I think a lot of people will actually just make that move regardless if Tony gets booked again. And if it costs everyone a minus four, everyone will move on a minus four. And they'll just say, look, it's a double game week. I want to get 130 points anyway. I'm on a bench boost, blah, blah, blah. You know, four points is fine. So I think people will just make that move sensibly. I'd probably prefer. I don't know whether I'd prefer Watkins over Havertz. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a toss-up for me, mm. but I think you know we'll we'll see. Well, we haven't got long to decide, have we?
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Deadline tomorrow. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. Havertz, good option, good option, but I still I still don't quite trust Chelsea enough personally to to want to jump in. It's the risk thing. If yeah. I feel like it's too much of a risk not to go with a Chelsea defender, then I'll probably bring Chilwell in just to cover my
1: back. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I do agree. Havertz looking really good. His recent form has been pretty well, and if you look at the, uh, the position he operates, and you look at his opponents that he's going to face, like even if you to take, let's say, for Liverpool, for example, it's going to be coming up against Robertson, Van Dijk, where they've been suspect in that area. We've seen uh, Bournemouth target that specific slot as well, where they they put continuous like uh, through balls over the top and they did manage to get past Van Dyke. So if Havas can do something similar, whether it's either creating that spot or even being on the end of that, that's also something that he could benefit from. Apart from that, um, I think this is probably a move that if you're bringing now, depending on what chips you have, you might have to think whether you're either, if you're playing a free hit in 32, you don't have to worry too much about it. But if you're not playing a free hit in 32 and you're looking to play in 34 or something, then you might want someone who plays in that specific week. The apart yeah. from thirty-two, it's not been talked about as much, but thirty-one could also be an issue, given that. So we'll have the Champions League fixtures. I mean, the 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 draw, the draw for the quarterfinals later on a Friday, um, and depending on who they get as opponents, we know Potter likes to rotate a lot. We could see potentially rotation in thirty-one as well, because I think the the UCL fixtures are in stuck between a. Between Around two, so thirty-one is right wedged, right in middle of the both, both the legs. So, if they get a tough draw, you never know.
0: It's it's funny because I I think Havertz is probably the least risky mm-hmm. uh, from from least at least. Oh, so how can I put it? He is at risk the least from rotation. I've probably worded that terribly, but when they've got players like Sterling, because obviously Sterling's coming back, Mudric and Pulisic and whoever else they've got, they've got no real focal point. I mean, like Sterling's not a number nine, mm. right? So they have to have a number nine focal point. Even if he, even if he's played sort of 75, 80 minutes and the game's done, then that might be enough. And that's probably enough based on the quality of the rest of the forwards that we have at the moment that are available. I think that's even probably enough because you're going to have no Tony He's going to be, uh, you know, outside of that, you're looking at sort of like Bamford, maybe. Mm. I don't know, terrible fixtures. Uh, but I'm just thinking around that price point. There's not that many strikers, to be honest, that oh. really are, are worth it. Well, you Veghorst?
1: No, right. probably Isak, but okay. then risk in terms of rotation with Wilson. That's another issue.
0: Oh, in terms of Wilson and Isak?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around yeah, that that's, I mean,
0: point. yeah, that's that's around that price point. I mean... Yeah, if we can work out who's starting out of those two, um, then that might be a, a another avenue. Obviously, Newcastle have relatively good fixtures; they're pretty strong at home. But me personally, I mean, I've I've got Pope, uh, I've got Botman, and mm. I've got Trippier. Okay. So I'm I'm not even considering that 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 side of things. And you know, from a midfielder perspective, Almiron's kind of off mm. my radar, even though he's kind of on my radar from a free. If people were going to free hit, yeah, but yeah, we'll talk about that later.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so yeah, I do agree. Have it. Pretty good option and Chilwell, uh, good as well. James, I wouldn't even go touch that this season. He, he himself has come out and said that, um, he needs to manage himself better. And then I'm like, Yeah, that's the immediate red flag for FPL. Um, yeah, let's talk about Haaland. Also, talk about removing him this week. Uh, for a player who plays uh, in 28 and then doubles in 29. It looked like a good move before the Champions League fixture and he had to go and score five goals just to remind us what he's capable of. The next game he faces is a single game-week fixture in 29 against Liverpool. In the past, this would have been a tough game but given Liverpool's current form, it's hard to predict which Liverpool team will turn up for the game. Have you sold Haaland and would selling him still be a viable move?
0: I've not sold Haaland yet. Um, I'm I'm at that. So, Fortunately, I was in a position there where I had enough value built up in him because I got him in in game week two and didn't move him. That actually the price drop in midweek didn't affect us yeah. if we were all on that because yeah. because we'd because he was locked at the start of the season. So yeah. if you had him from the start and you hadn't taken him out at any point, you wouldn't have lost out from that point one that dropped. So I haven't moved just yet, and I'll, if I'm going to move, I'll move tomorrow. It's definitely a viable move. I mean, you just have to. I mean, the, the numbers just make sense. Like three fixtures versus one just feels like. You know, almost a no-brainer. I mean, the, the strikers, the alternative strikers on option are are, are viable. The two main ones that we're, we're obviously talking about, Watkins and Havertz, are perfectly viable over these fixtures. They've got a good fixture in, in 28, particularly Watkins. Um, and obviously, they've got doubles in 29, which is great. You've just got to be comfortable within yourself that you could bag a hat-trick in that Liverpool yeah. game, right? And that's, as you said, I mean, he, he just reminded us he scored five. Um there was we went early against him I can't remember which game it was but we went early against him from a captaincy point of view and he scored a hat oh, trick. Yes.
1: This was um, against United. And then,
0: yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, the United game. Yep. Yeah, sorry.
1: I <laughs> Salah. I remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I was the same. I think I was the same. And then, you know, I I made a punt a few weeks ago, um which I'll again I'll talk about later, but and again, hat trick. So you know he's got it in him because he's just always there in that right in that right space. And if he finds a gap between, you know, all he has to do is find a small gap between Van Dyke and Robertson, whether it be Canate and Trent or in between the two centre-backs, if he's six yards out, it's 0.7 XG and he scores. That's that's just how he's been doing it this season. He's just been racking it up, racking up that chance creation. So I think it, I th- I don't think it's a bad move to move away from him. You have to have him back in 30, right? You, you can't, that's not That's that's almost a non-negotiable. Yeah. I, I still think you can go without him. I, I'm not sure yet, because I, I just wonder how much of a differential Haaland will be against Liverpool in 29. I feel like that could be a fun thing. I mean, even yes. 75% owned would feel like a differential because it's going to be the more engaged managers that have moved him out. Yeah, Casuals would have just left him in. So it's, I'm not fussed about how small that drop of EO is. All I know is whatever that drop is, that is going to be, you know, that's going to be against players that I want to catch. So yep. like top 10K that could drop significantly that could drop down to like 20 30 percent um legitimately so we'll just have to wait and see on that i guess i don't know yet is my answer Yep. i'm still sweating
1: over it fair enough same same uh (laughs) because i was i was initially set on like okay i'll do it it seems good and then tony went and got his yellow card which i mentioned earlier and then i'm like now if tony does get his yellow in 28 then he misses both games in 29 now what are my options? Do I bring in another double game or do I just bring in Haaland back again? And then if I'm going to bring Haaland back again, I feel like it's a wasted transfer of like taking him out for one week just to bring him back in the next week, which is where I started deciding, okay, maybe I'll look towards the midfield. And then that's where I started considering the solid march move maybe because I was looking at Brighton. I watched both games and I was like, the one thing I was a bit worried in terms of March and Mitoma is Mitoma is very attacking and very threatening and I feel like he can get me points regardless of the opposition. March, at times, things have to go kind of, like, right because he tends to do most of the creating part and doesn't always end up at the end of stuff. Um, That's why why I was like, okay, I can take this kind of, like, um, calculated risk, I would say, and bring in Madison. Um, But, yeah, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Still undecided. We'll have to see what the draw looks like as well. Again, that could also affect um, how City approach it, but we never know. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Okay, let's talk about one of Haaland's replacements in Watkins. On good form recently, and faces a Bournemouth team that, the numbers-wise, has the worst defence recently, but have managed to, in-game, cause a few upsets at times. Um, After that, he has two away games in Chelsea and Leicester, and a decent run after as well. Um, Thoughts on Watkins? Is he the best striker option to bring in this week?
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird one with Watkins. I, I think he actually is the best option, just given. I think he's just performing just so much better under Emery than we've seen previously. And even, I mean, he's still he's still missing the big chances. He's still doing an Ollie Watkins thing, mm. but he's actually getting more chances, which is great. I mean, you what what used to happen in the past is you you never know when he would get his chances. And we've all seen the quality that that Watkins has had in the you know in the part in the past. I mean, he's still relatively young. He's He's 24 some 25 i think something like that but i just think for this set of fixtures i mean they're they're crazy good mm. right i mean bournemouth home then double which includes Leicester mm. and includes chelsea who you know can concede xg although i've just sort of said not to the not to the sort of middle table sides but <laughs> maybe they will and then uh, and then forest at home like out the back of that um and it's it's quite likely that if we bring Havertz in, not Havertz, Watkins in now, that Tony would be the make way, yep. back out, back up to Haaland. So it's not like it's a, it's kind of a nice, comfortable little move that, mm. um, for me, look, he's he's picking up in the form, probably of his life right now, yes. if, if if you want to say that. And there's another player that we picked up just a few weeks ago, picking up the form of his life in terms of Marcus Rashford right Mm. and I'm not I'm not trying to say that that Villa are as an attacking team as as United or anything like that but you know they're they're he's having to step up now that Mm. that Ings Mm. has gone Mm. so he's having to be you know the main focal point those two didn't really quite click when they were playing together but I think there's a bit more responsibility on his shoulder now to you know to score the goals that Villa need to win games and That that, that makes him a good option.
1: Talisman. Yeah, exactly. He is basically the talisman of the team and also on penalties as well. So, pretty good option. Um, Minutes safety as well. That's another thing that if you were to compare to, let's say, Havertz, I would say Watkins would probably have more minutes each game compared to Havertz probably. Uh, And also, we don't have to worry about any um, other external cup games as well when it comes to Watkins. So placing 32 as well so it's all like looking good so i think he's probably at the moment the best option given that he's on a really good fo- like really good would we would, would we say purple patch i don't know but looking really good at the moment
0: yeah we don't know we don't know yet i mean yeah. it's it's easy for us to it's easy for us to presume that he'll regress back to like 2021 ollie watkins mm. but he might not yeah right you know people are always on a purple patch until they're not until mm. it's actually legitimately good so uh, it could be, you know, it, this could be an opportunity for him for the rest of the season, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah, you know, the stats will tell us that that's not going to happen. But, you know, this is, there's four games here mm. in three game weeks that feels like it's a legitimate punt that we can genuinely take. And, yep. you know, we can be comfortable that there's going to be a couple of returns in there. minimum could be four.
1: Yep. Fair enough. Which is, which is fine. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on to Brentford. The Brentford face Leicester this week. Most of us already have Brentford assets, but it's the Leicester place that I want to talk want to talk about. So you've already got Madison, uh, and I recall you and Baker were talking about how Rodgers tries to match his opponent's formation. Um, so they play teams that either play a four three three or four three one in the upcoming weeks. So it should hopefully be good news for Madison as he could play in the number ten spot. Um, so I've Already mentioned, I've been thinking of this move, March to Madison, probably, uh, because Leicester's fixtures look really good for some time, and they also playing game week thirty-two. Um, now, i I did mention the Brighton fixture in thirty-one could be slightly harder. Um, but what are your thoughts on the move of either bringing in Madison, whether it's for Solid March or for someone else even?
0: I mean, he's a great player, right? That's I think that's the first thing I I always look to sing, to think of is 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 he's a great player in a team that's not well. I wouldn't say not quite functioning. They're just the, their output isn't quite matching with their um with their XG. Mm. And I was listening earlier um to the guys at the FPL wire. And you know, they've they've created something like one and a half XG, more than one and a half XG in like the last five games. Something mm. ridiculous like that, including the two and a half that they, you know, they created against Chelsea um at the uh, at the weekend. Um yeah, the thing I don't the difficult thing is 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 Brendan Rodgers, right? Mm. It's really difficult to um to know how he's going to use him and how he's going to play him. I mean, I looked at a couple of things from the last time they played Brentford, so they didn't exactly match him up, mm. but they played like this 3-5-2 with and they played Vardi Vardy and Madison up top. Now, I don't think that fixture exists anymore. Uh, yeah. That that sorry, that formation exists anymore for Leicester. So there's not really much we can we can take from that. But I I looked at I want Madison to double return. Really. That's, Mm. that's what I'm really looking for from an upside point of view. He's done that three times this season. Um, (laughs) Ridiculously. I looked at the games that he's done it. So he's done it against did it against forest at home, Spurs at home, and then Everton away in each one of those games. He played with a different striker. Mm. The first it was Vardy. Then it was Nacho, Then it was Dakar. He played two of them off the right. And one as one as a number 10. So he played central against Spurs actually. Um, was the game that he played when they played three at the back, so I just wonder whether if he puts him on the right hand side with Nacho and then Barnes on the left, I feel like that's gonna be really, really strong. Mm. but I would say he'd probably more likely to start Dacker seeing Daka scored in the last game it's It's difficult it's I don't know even his even his stats in the last six aren't they don't scream ideal, mm. but we're kind of just hopeful that we know what Madison can yeah, do exactly um 143 minutes per XGI. So you'd expect him to return, you know, once in the double game week. Uh, 1.59 XG in his last six and 1.28 XA in his last six. That's, you know, it depends who he's playing with. That's the, that's the thing with the XA. It depends who he's crossing to. Um, uh, even if you consider most of that XA was probably Nacho two weeks ago when yep. he just kept missing yep. everything. Right. So it's difficult. It's difficult. I just like Madison as a player and, you know, I'm just hopeful that the fixtures are right for him to, 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 to do well. Brentford's going to be tough, but
1: after man, that, he can play in though. that number The run out. is good. It does get
0: good. Palace, yeah. then Villa at home, Bournemouth. Obviously, City's a bit whatever, but I think you can bench even at that him for point, that. you can yeah. almost you can bench him where you yeah. could like pivot to someone like yeah. Foden. Even yeah. at that point, because City's fixtures come good from there. Mm. Um So yeah, there's there's options with Madison, I and mean, I think he's he's. He's decent enough, and that's why people either are looking to do that move where they maneuver their potentially maneuver their Brighton asset in and out, mm. or people have you know gone there from game week twenty six or twenty seven on a wild card and already plunked them in there for game week twenty nine. Yeah, I, I'm hopeful that he'll do well. Mm. To be fair,
1: fair enough. Cool. Well, we'll, yes, we had to wait and see what happens. The only issue is Rogers it depends on what formation he decides to play every time.
0: Yeah 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 ex- exactly i mean i mean it's not ideal i mean we've seen he's better when he goes beyond that first man yeah i'm just wondering whether he gets I th- if he might get more of those opportunities as you've got two away games right um and even villa coming to coming to leicester could be good because you know villa are definitely more front foot than they were yes. six months ago yep, yep. as a team and that could help
1: yeah that's what that, that's what i'm hoping for let's see yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, Let's talk about Arsenal now. So they play at home and face a Palace team that is struggling to score recently. I think Palace have dropped probably to the bottom of um, XG's charts over the last six, I think. Um, and then I did a free hit draft with the side Sidenet podcast managers on my YouTube channel. Uh, plug for that. Uh, and then they are looking to have a triple Arsenal midfield on a free hit. So for those on a free hit, um, which Arsenal players would you look to go for? So you ask. (laughs) First thing I want to say is, do we have to talk about Arsenal? Because obviously I'm Spurs fan. Tiny
0: bit, tiny (laughs) bit. Okay, cool. I'll give you that. Um, Yeah, no. Look, it's it's three. Do we go triple Arsenal midfield? I think that's probably a a bit strong. Mm -hmm. But but we've said that Chelsea have decent options defensively. Mm -hmm. We know that Villa are playing Bournemouth at home as well. So we know that Newcastle got Forest. So from a free hit perspective there's a lot of good defenders and keepers and stuff that are being picked up in these teams. So mm-hmm. you know even if you just go like Chilwell um you could punt on someone like Cash. I mean even Tottenham have got uh, Southampton obviously so you could have like Pedro Porro for example. Um and then you've got Chilwell. Yeah, you can fill three spots there. Mm. So is it is it is it feasible to go for a triple Arsenal midfield? Absolutely. <laughs> it, it it is. Um, I mean it's three from the Gabriels, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Martinelli and Saka. If you want to pick yeah. any of the defenders as well, it's it's pretty pretty straightforward. I probably, I mean, I haven't listed Trossard there, but obviously yeah. he's come and sort of changed the dynamic a little bit. And I think Arsenal are a lot more fluid without here in there. Hmm. I don't know whether we're going to see Jesus introduced at some point. Maybe not
1: this he's, week, maybe next he, week. I don't know. But He, sta- he started today's Europa League game. Uh, Gabriel Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Oh, di- I didn't actually see that. They're currently drawing with Sporting. So this game could potentially, if they don't score another goal, could go to extra time as well. Um, but their front line was Gabriel Jesus, Reese Nelson, and Martinelli. Um, so Saka was uh, benched alongside Trossad but now Saka is on because they're drawing. Uh, yeah, along I can with see Jesus Trossard went well. off
0: after 45 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Jesus went off after 45 minutes. So that's probably just minutes in the legs for mm. him as well, more than anything, which is. Which is fine. Obviously, they still need to win the game tonight, yeah. but um, yeah. So with all, all these players, I think the three are. If you want to go midfield three, Odegaard, Saka, and Martinelli mm. feels just just sensible, right? I mean, just just get those three in. And as I say, like you've got defensive options from other teams, so you probably don't need to consider defense, even though you know, I mean, like no no shots on goal from Palace in yeah. like I don't know four games or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. They are. But, um, so you know, I'm. I've only got Saka in my team mm-hmm. personally. Uh, I decided to go for Madison instead of the second Arsenal midfielder and he's just kind of slipping behind Martinelli and Odegaard as a, as a, as an option a little mm. bit. But you don't have to go back like 2 weeks when when um Zinchenko finds Saka in the inside channel on that right-hand side uh, against Everton and he smashes the ball in at the near post and he hauls. Mm. So, you know, he's definitely he's definitely he's still a good player yeah. and and he's on pens. So Yeah, those are the three that I would pick on a free hit, Fair enough. to be honest. I'd actually probably pick those three. I'd probably forget the defense.
1: Okay, fair enough. All right, let's finally wrap up with talking about Spurs. Uh, So most of us already have Kane, but would Son on a free hit uh, be a good option this week? And are there any other Spurs players on a free hit that you would like?
0: So, yeah, Son's Son's a great pick for this week because I don't actually think he's an FPL pick at Mm. the moment, which means you can get him in for one fixture and you can get rid of him the next. Yep. So there's definitely that. Kulisevsky's been pretty poor, mm-hmm. and changing that up against Forest was good. We've got to remember that it was Forest. What we've got to be thankful of is actually that Southampton and at home are actually worse than yep. Forest. So that, that's, that's one thing. Um, one thing that's interesting about Son is that he was the top point scorer in the last 10 game weeks of, of last season. Now, I know there's 11 game weeks to mm. go, but I'm going to let me, let me have that one. He was the top point scorer for the last 10 game weeks of last season. And obviously we need to, we, to, we, as in Tottenham, uh, need to push on for champions league. And so he may become an option at a later point. Free hit. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It does depend on whether we, whether he plays with Ben Davis or Perisic behind yeah, him. That's it another really issue. does. Yeah. Cause Davis is such a he's such a great professional, right? He just does what he's told. Mm. And he's, he's, he's probably one of the most hardworking people that we've got in the squad. And he's extremely disciplined. Um, he knows he's not the best player in the world. Right. And he just understands his role within the team and he performs it well. And what that does is it allows son to flourish almost yep. and like feel like Perisic is just trying to suck some of that fun away from yep. son and that freedom to, to express himself, etc. And he gets in his way a little bit as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that given that we played all right last week, we did concede, but you know, Ben Davis being the option there, it'd be great. Um, other options. I mean, Kane obviously, uh, feels like a lock, obviously, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in a sec, but good captaincy option mm. for for Kane. Pedro Porro is the other one. Um, I think I'm still... I know that potentially Emerson Royal could be back. Yep. But at the same time, it feels like a good period for Porro to get a run in the team. We've got you know, Southampton, Everton, Brighton, Bournemouth before three tough fixtures, right? Newcastle, United and Liverpool. So if I'm thinking with my Tottenham head on, I think it'd be a good opportunity for him to get a good run of fixtures, good sort of three out of the next four good fixtures. Even Brighton at home's okay because Brighton aren't as great away from home. Get him some minutes and then he'll be ready for those three games. So I think he's a good option. Uh, We've seen already, you know, three key passes at the weekend Mm. and an assist. And when you've got Son and Kane, and even to an extent like the Brazilian number nine, Richarlison, Mm. there, you know, they're going to be looking to convert, right? So I think he's definitely... um, yeah, is definitely a, a cheeky punt, I mm-hmm. think, if mm-hmm. you're on a free hit.
1: Yep, fair enough. Cool. Uh do and also I think given that you have now foster staying goal as well, I think he has improved Spurs' defense somewhat as well. Um so could be if anyone wanted to go for a keeper there, maybe, but I think there are better options keeper wise, uh elsewhere for others this week.
0: For this week, yeah, yeah. Just pick one of the yeah, yeah, pick Arsenal, Chelsea or or well. Yeah, I'd say Arsenal. Well, not Arsenal. You pick Chelsea, you go Kepa. Yeah. I mean, I'd just go Kepa. Yeah, fair would, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think about any other option. I'd just go Kepa. Ah,
1: cool. cool. <laughs> uh, so let's move into captaincy. So we've got a few options this week in Kane, Saka, and Tony. Are there any others who you think could be also decent captaincy options? And also, what do you think about these three? And who do you think would be a good option this week?
0: Um... So it's funny because I thought that <laughs> I thought the two questions would be the same thing. But um yeah, they're they're all very they're all very good options. You know, yep. we know that as we said, like Southampton concede a lot of chances at home, they're the worst in the league at home. Um Kane is, is Harry Kane. I mean, honestly, if Haaland wasn't in the league this year, like Harry Kane's plaudits would be yep. through the roof, it'd be ridiculous. But as it, as it happens, we're not really talking about it as much because Haaland scored so many goals, it's insane. Saka's a good option. I think, actually, think another Arsenal midfielder is probably a better option. So I'd probably prefer someone like Martinelli. Yeah, personally. Um, but yeah, Saka's Saka's still an option. I mean, obviously Martinelli. You know, he's he's on the pitch at the moment. Um, Saka's had half an hour. Yeah. So
1: I'm car- yeah. currently on Martinelli, me personally. But then that is me upside chasing, trying to catch rank.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't dislike that at all. I th- Tony feels like an option because everything kind of sucks into him, mm. and I get that. But at the same time, I just feel there are better options elsewhere. And I yep. mean, I'd, I'd I'd almost put I'd almost put Watkins ahead of mm. Tony. Just feels like a better fixture. Um, and to be honest, actually, I'd put Chilwell. Yep. I, I mean, Chilwell feels like a really big punt. Yeah, and I seriously can. If I'm going to make that move just to cover my rank. I actually think Chilwell might be a, a legitimate option for me for a captaincy. I, I do like a defending, defensive yep. captaincy. I feel like the floor is a bit higher. I mean, in reality it's not. Obviously, it's two points, but yep. I feel like he's more likely to get just the baseline of six yep. and then you know push on from there. So the, the you know the chance of a haul feels a lot higher mm. um, from someone like Chilwell. I really like. I, I really like Chilwell as an option if I'm going to bring him in. If not, I would. Probably stick with Saka, especially now seeing that, as you say, as we say, that he's only just come on tonight, yeah. so he's had some extra rest,
1: mm.
0: which is good. I mean, we, we what we do have to see is say is obviously that Arsenal played at home, mm. so it's not like they've traveled anywhere. So, yeah. and most of the side are going to be pretty fresh, um, even on the weekend. These guys know how to play three yeah. times a week,
1: yeah. So, yeah. fair enough. Cool. Uh, apart from the teams you talked about, are there any other teams or players that you want to touch about when it comes to either using a transfer to bring them in or even bringing them in on a free hit or wildcard chip?
0: Yeah, generally speaking, I think we're at a point where we don't need to overcomplicate things. Mm. So I think a lot of what we've discussed, obviously, is pretty pretty sound, sound advice. It's, it's stuff that you'll hear quite a lot from a, a lot of different places as well. And the, you know, the blanks and the doubles are funneling us towards players a little bit. And that's just what is is happening now. I mean, we'll get an opportunity at some point to own city assets again. So if we can figure out who to get from that defense, I mean, from game week 30 onwards, legitimately, you could put Ake in there, for example, Mm. or if if we know who's going to play in there. Um, you know, Foden obviously becomes an option, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Man United assets, of course. I mean, I think there's going to be quite a few people getting them in for twenty nine. We haven't really spoken about that tonight, but we can. I'm sure we'll be looking at that probably more next week, obviously mm. because they're not playing this week, yeah. right? Um, again, for twenty nine. I mean, it's other it's other assets for twenty nine. So I suppose if we're talking about wild card, then we do need to be thinking about twenty nine. Yeah. Um. Obviously, if people are looking to wild card bench boost as well, you know. United assets, how much of a difference will Casemiro not being there make?
1: Uh, it's, a decent well, hey, I might as well ask you, uh, was ask uh,
0: your opinion on this. Are we expecting McFred again?
1: Because obviously Sabitza's injured, yeah, right? No, Sabitzer did come on today. Oh, he came on yes, today? Yes, yes, yes. So I'm expecting him to play alongside Fred with Bruno Fernandez slightly higher. Um, but I think the real test would be the Fulham game. That will give us a good idea of what Ten Hag will play for the games in the prem without um, Casemiro. Yeah, but that's too late, right? <laughs> that's too late. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the Fulham game is this week, right? So, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah but it's start, after. So, if you're yeah, wildcarding yeah, yeah, this week, yeah. it's too late to yeah, know the yeah, 29. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, it's good for us. It's good for us if we want to work out in 29 where yeah. to move, make some transfers. So, it yeah. might be worth, you know, targeting a transfer, saying I want to get in a, I want to get in Bruno Bruno Fernandez
1: next yeah. week. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um. And then you can, if it just all goes tits up at the weekend, you can just you can just say yeah. actually might not make that move. So
1: I don't mind bringing yeah. Bruno this week as well. Like if you wanted to bench him because he is still capable of delivering in double weeks. We've seen it before; he's delivered in double weeks. and the creativity has to now come through him because Casemiro does do a bit of the creativity work as well. And I don't think Sabitzer and Fred are on the same level of creating as Bruno. So. Given that both of those two players will most likely be, be playing the pivot, I think Bruno is a good option. But then if you're wildcarding, I feel like you're not going to be able to have too many players on your bench this week. A lot of people who wildcard will be on 10, uh, most likely. Yeah. So then you have like Rashford taking one of that spot. Maybe a Brighton midfield, that's another spot. Then is Bruno your third spot or is there someone else who's not playing?
0: Yeah, that's very true.
1: That's the thing. So, but. Yeah, I mean, the. The only other, the only other team I would consider perhaps for
0: game week twenty nine, if you're on a wild card this week, and maybe it's to bring it as you say, it's another player that we're putting on the bench, but it is is a Bowen or Benrama for mm. twenty nine. Um, you know, West Ham put up good numbers against Villa last week. Uh, they won this evening, I think, and they were well, they were cruising earlier on. So
1: um,
0: I can't even see.
1: They, uh, they won 4-0. Oh, they
0: w- they're winning 4-0. Yeah, they yeah. won 4-0 last week. They're winning 4-0 this week. So, yeah, yeah, really, really straightforward. Bowen scored twice. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There's a little, there's a, little <laughs> a little bonus bit of confirmation bias for you as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, that that's the only other ones I'd look at. I mean, you say about a free hit for this week. I, I mean, again, free hit. Don't overcomplicate it. I feel like three Arsenal, three Chelsea. or Yeah, three Chelsea, three Newcastle, two to three Villa, two to three Spurs. And off you go. Yeah. I think that feels... Really, really straightforward.
1: Fair enough. Yep, agreed. Uh, okay, so finally to wrap up, I've got a com- a question from the committee, uh, which is from com. Uh, What is the one thing you've enjoyed about FPL this season and the one thing you have disliked? And he asked, is it time to bring back Sun?
0: Yeah, so we've, I, we've answered the song question, so I'm yeah. glad we've done, we've covered that. So yeah, it's been a bit of an odd season, actually. And it's weird for me to say that, you know, next season is going to be a season where we're going to have normality, right? We're going to have these, you know we'll know when the doubles are coming up and everything's fine but strangely enough i haven't been on fpl twitter long enough to remember a normal season because me and yeah. baker literally started the podcast on the back of covid yeah um and and like the the lockdown and and like the whatever it was called project restart yeah, yeah. Um, and i think he mentioned that in sort of how it sort of came about the podcast so i don't know what a normal season on fpl twitter looks like yet and so this is kind of normal for me um the best season the best the best season the best thing, and not the worst, but it didn't end well. The best part of the season for me didn't end well, and I'll explain why. So the best thing was the feeling of when Matoma, yeah. when I captained him in um, 20 or 21, he got 10 points on the Saturday, and Haaland was playing on the Sunday. And it was just, honestly, when everyone was captaining Haaland at home to Wolves, and I had 20 points from my captain on the Saturday night, the biggest green arrow you'll ever see, that was just brilliant. And I was just, you know, just that hope that Haaland might actually not call. And then went and scored a hat-trick. And it was ridiculous. Because it absolutely slapped back down to, to earth. Um, And yeah, I lost out on seven points, but I still feel like I had fun those two days. Mm. And I play, I play FPL quite emotionally almost. Yeah. And because I'm quite an emotional football fan at the same time, I like to have that emotion and I don't not, I'm not dismissing this, but I, I, I don't understand people who just enjoy football mm. without being sort of tied to a team. It's really, it's really a strange, strange thing for me. So I get, get quite you know built up into it so yeah that hall is a big high and then harlan coming back crashing me back down to earth probably the best part of the season (laughs) Fair enough. fun in terms of what i don't like i mean weirdly enough i don't like this period when we're all doing the same very similar stuff and it's it's a it's a difficult piece um to be honest but the fun the fun for me comes when you can pick a differential that goes a bit mad and you know you know look you're andy martin kdb triple captain for 90 points like that sort of stuff's brilliant and fun and that's what it should be about. But this bit's just a bit dull, but that's fine. That's okay. That's why me and Baker work so well as a, as a as a sort of a pair. And, you know, we just have to go through this piece. And then, as I say, at some point we're going to get, City assets are going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, we're actually going to see Chelsea having their both their fullbacks back. You know, Tottenham haven't got any doubles, but if Tottenham pick up, I mean, that could make things interesting. Yeah. You know, Arsenal are still, you know, just, just steamrolling yeah. teams. And there are good options from teams like Villa, Brighton, and Newcastle, obviously, yeah, people have been talking about Brennan Johnson. People talking about Madison, like for all these teams. Tarkovsky, it's, you know, that's the fun stuff when mm. it's all when it's all like that. Um, so, yeah, this week this week could be fun because we've got people on wild card, we've got people on free hit, mm. we've got people trying to navigate with transfers. This week could be a fun week. Next week might be a bit more stale, but that's yeah. just the way yeah. it is. It's going to be weird because we're all going to be on like a hundred and ten points, and no one's going to be yeah. bothered about it. Yeah. <laughs> but.
1: I mean yeah, it is what it is. I saw your photo on, like, on Twitter where you shared a screen of like everyone with like 105 points and then you had the toy pictures with like, everyone looking the same.
0: Go go and check that out. Yeah. That, that got people kept stealing that screenshot and, yeah. then, and then posting their own thing on it. I mean it loads of people have tweeted it out. It was mad. Um yeah, there was about god knows 20, 20 to 25. Maybe not quite that many, maybe 20 content creators in the content creator yeah. league all had the same number of points. Yeah. Slightly different teams. But then somebody cropped off my Matoma captain and left everybody with Tony captain, which uh, is why everyone got riled yeah, yeah. up. That's why. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind posting stuff. Yeah, like fair that and I I know, agree.
1: But it kind of shows like some some weeks are going to be all like looking very similar. Some weeks it's going to be different. And I think one of this week partic- particularly will be kind of different because you got free hits, you got wild cards, you've got people just playing with ten men as well, and then. Again, captaincy is not as straightforward this week as well. No. So, when captaincy is not as straightforward, you can see a different number of like um, points and. This is a fun out. week. Yeah, this, exactly.
0: This is it. This is a fun week. I'm going to enjoy it this week.
1: Yep, fair enough. Cool. Uh, so, thank you for your time today, Adam. Uh, do you have anything to plug?
0: Yes, obviously. Yes. Uh, obviously, I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to once again promote our pod. So, myself, um, Adam and Baker, as well. So, who's on a few weeks. I go we do above average FPL we do it on YouTube and we have a podcast that comes out on all your favorite podcast platforms etc um the YouTube we do a Sunday stream 8:30 UK time um on YouTube we cover all the games we go for a bit of fun and um we chat with people in the stream etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's just like a nice first look at the uh, the week gone by it can be a bit can be a bit frustrating when it's middle of the week middle of a game week sometimes but if there if we don't do that or if it is in middle of a double game week sometimes we'll do some more content during the uh during during the week as well so we're on there whether we do well or whether we do whether we do badly so you know just come and join us and you know commiserate laugh whatever we don't care if you want to have a little bit of fun at us because we had a bad game week come and do it because you know it's all, it's all supposed to be is fun um we're heading on our way to like 4,000 subs on YouTube at the moment. So we know we're doing really, really well um, and be great to get there uh, as soon as possible. But thank you very much for inviting me on um, to to here as well, man. This has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been really good. Not having to actually touch anything is is nice. No (laughs) editing, nothing like that. This is great. This is, it's not, not the piece that I do normally.
1: So yeah, thank you. Fair for that. enough. No worries. Uh, so that's it for this week's card game week. I'll be back next time to look back on gaming twenty eight, and hopefully there aren't any injuries during the international break as well. Uh, and.